Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Excuse me, sir, is this the Delta house? Sure. Come on in. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. I have to say, an excuse to watch Animal House wonderful. Uh-huh. Well, that's... Yeah, well, okay, so Bo's bringing us in here with, uh, this is our episode for Animal House, and yeah, same thing. We I realized it had been a while since I'd seen this movie, and... Uh, definitely I, been a while since I'd seen it all the way through. Like, I'll mm-hmm. catch it on cable or whatever, and I'll watch five, ten minutes here, twenty minutes there. There were... It was fun to see the parts of the movie you don't see all that often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, um... My wife Sharon, she she will always talk about how her dad loved this movie, and how he'd just sit there and laugh through the whole thing. And I think there were a couple times she looked over at me and she's like, "It, it just must just be a guy thing," because I was doing the exact same thing. Like I'm chuckling throughout this entire thing. Um, you know, there's this is one of those movies where it's like there are even the smallest throwaway lines that are still hilarious. Oh yeah. yeah, and it is totally a guy movie. Like mm-hmm. there is not a lot for women in this movie. No, no. And I, I would hazard to say, after watching it this time and, and really keying in on some of it, not really for minorities either. No, no, no. I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. not uh, Several several things about this maybe would not get made so much today. But, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we're going to putting it mildly. Well, yeah. Um, but we're going to talk more about that. So uh, tonight it is episode, well, it's tonight for us, maybe today for you, whenever you're listening to this, um, but this is episode number 207. We are jumping a little bit further back than usual. Um, this year would be the 40th anniversary of Animal House, uh, so we are going to jump back an extra 10 years beyond what we would normally do, and we're going to be talking about Animal House this time around. So very, very quickly, spoiler alert, if you have not seen this movie, first of all, go watch it right now. Um, and then come on back. If you don't mind being spoiled, we are going to spoil it. We're going to talk all about it. So if you don't mind, you can stick around. Um, you know, no need to go anywhere, but we just want to give you fair warning in case you have not seen it and would rather see it first. If you have not left us a review on iTunes, please do that. If you've been listening to the show and you like what you're hearing and you want to leave us some feedback, uh, you can join the rest of us. Come join us. Join the fraternity as you will. There it is. There you go. Um, we promise not to spank you too hard. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, so please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Leave reviews there as well. Um, and feel free to visit our website, 30podcast.com, to find more ways you can get in touch with us and interact with the show. Uh, we have a voicemail, line, email, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. So if you want to hear more about the show or interact with us more, feel free to go to our website, 30podcast.com. Once again, I have with me Pat. Pat, how are you doing? Great, John. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. And I've got Bo. Yo. There we go. There's Bo. All right. So um, so we're going to be talking Animal House tonight. I think I don't have a whole lot of new movie stuff right now. So um, we're just going to jump right on in into Animal House. (laughs) 
Animal House was released on the 28th of July, 1978. It was rated R for some very obvious reasons. Uh, rated, uh, it was a runtime of one hour and 49 minutes. Directed by John Landis, who did An American Werewolf in London and Blues Brothers. Produced by Ivan Reitman, who did Ghostbusters and Twins, among many other things. And uh, also produced by Maddie Simmons, who did the other National Lampoon Vacation movies. Writers for this one were Harold Ramis, who died in 2014, who also did Ghostbusters and Stripes. Douglas Kenny, who died in 1980, who also wrote Caddyshack. Chris Miller also wrote Multiplicity. Cinematography was done by Charles Carell, who died in 2004. He also did Star Trek III, The Search for Spock. Music was done by Elmer Bernstein, who died in 2004. He did Magnificent Seven and Ghostbusters. The budget for this one was $3 million. The box office was $141.6 million. So it made a bit of money. Uh, Thomas Hulse played Larry Kroger. He was in Amadeus and Parenthood. Stephen First, who died in 2017, was Kent Dorfman. He was in The Dream Team and Babylon 5. Mark Metcalf played Doug Niedermeyer. He was in One Crazy Summer and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mary Louise Weller played Mandy Pepperidge. She was in Fantasy Island and Q, the Winged Serpent. Uh, Martha Smith played Babs Jansen. She was in the TV series called Scarecrow and Mrs. King. James Doughton played Greg Marmalard. He was in Spies Like Us and V. Kevin Bacon played Chip. Thank you, sir. May I have another Diller? He was in Footloose and Mystic River. John Belushi died in 1982. He played John Blutarski. He was in Saturday Night Live and Blues Brothers. Karen Allen played Katie. She was in Raiders of the Lost Ark and Starman. James Widows played Hoover. He was in Charles in Charge. Tim Matheson was Eric Stratton or Otter. He was in The West Wing. Peter Riegert was uh, Boone. Donald Schoenstein, he was in The Mask. Bruce McGill was Daniel Simpson Day. He was in My Cousin Vinny and MacGyver. Donald Sutherland was Professor Dave Jennings. He was in The Hunger Games movies. John Vernon, who died in 2005, played Dean Vernon Wormer. He was in the Dirty Harry movies. Verna Bloom played Marion Wormer. She was in The Last Temptation of Christ. Cesare DeNova, who died in 1992, was Mayor Carmine DePasto. He was in Cleopatra. And Sarah Holcomb played Clarette DePasto. She was in Caddyshack. So Animal House gets an 81% from Flick Metrics. That's a 91 from the Tomato Meter, a 89 from Rotten Tomatoes Audience Score. 76 from IMDb, a 71 from Letterboxd, and a 79 from Metascore. It was a winner of the People's Choice Award, Favorite Non-Musical Motion Picture, and nominated for Writers Guild of America Best Comedy. At a 1962 college, Dean Vernon Wormer is determined to expel the entire Delta Tau Chi fraternity, but those troublemakers have other plans for him. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a second. This is Faber College in 1962. You know, 1962 had to be the best year of my life. I was a member of Delta Tau Chi. The Deltas. What a great bunch of guys. Pluto. Hoover. Uh, raise your right hand. Pinto. Flounder. Flounder? D-Day. Boone. It's not gonna be an orgy. It's a toga party. And look at me in 62. The Otter. 
School was fun in those days. The girls. The party. The friendships. The girls. Of course, we had our problems. Find me a way to revoke Delta's charter. I want you off this campus at 9 o'clock Monday morning. Let's go! Tim Matheson. Would you go out with me? And Donald Sutherland. There's Jennings. Now, was Milton saying being bad is more fun than being good? National Lampoon's Animal House. start talking about the movie though i did want to say i was doing some quick napkin math as i was watching this mm-hmm. this might be the ultimate movie to connect all of hollywood to kevin bacon mm-hmm. it could be because through tim matheson you get the entire cast of the west wing which is yeah pretty crazy through uh stephen first you get a whole sci-fi wing with babylon 5 mm-hmm I mean, you branch out from this movie and you get kind of everybody within two to three set degrees of separation. It's kind of crazy town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I had forgotten he was in it, to be honest. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, because not a very big part. but No, but crucial but all, enough that I was All is well. I mean, I so a couple of quick things that I found uh, background-wise, this uh, either from IMDb or, or Wikipedia. According to John Landis, Universal Pictures President Ned Tannen objected so strongly to the Dexter Lake Club scene that he interrupted a screening of the film and ordered the scene be removed immediately. This is the club where uh, Otis Day and the Knights are playing. Uh, he said that he... Otis it, loves us! Wait till Otis sees us! He loved us! He said uh, he interrupted a screening and ordered the scene be removed immediately, claiming it would cause race riots in the theaters. In response, John Landis, the director, screened the film for Richard Pryor, who then wrote a note to Tannen, which read, and I'm going to edit some of it, uh, Ned, Animal House is blank funny, and white people are crazy. Love, Richard. Well, there's your endorsement. There's your endorsement. If we dance with your dates. If I were you, I would be leaving. What a good idea. Uh, Dwayne Jesse, so speaking of Otis Day, Dwayne Jesse uh, performances Otis Day was so successful, he legally changed his name to Otis Day and started touring and recording with his band, Otis Day and the Nights. That's cool on beyond so many different levels. Mm -hmm. That's very sweet. Uh, John Belushi's performance at the cafeteria scene was entirely improvised. When he began piling food on his tray, director John Landis urged the camera operator to just stay with him. Uh, the infamous I'm a zit gag was also improvised, so the reaction you're seeing from the cast is completely genuine. 
Pat, I told you this one earlier today. I thought this was funny. Uh, Sean McCartan, who played the, the quote lucky boy, is how he's listed in the credits, uh, whose wish for a playmate magically comes true when she crashes through the window uh, towards the end of the movie. And he says, thank you, God. Remember that part? Yes, uh, I do. Yeah. Yes. He, uh, he went on to become a pastor at a local church in Cottage Grove, Oregon, and a newspaper headline about his story uh, was uh, written as, Lucky Boy is Still Thanking God. Ooh, that's good. That's there you awesome. go. Uh, Babs becomes a tour guide at Universal Studios, according to the final scenes of the movie where they tell what ended up happening to everybody. Um, and apparently the credits for this and other John Landis films contain an advertisement for a tour, tour at Universal Studios, and the ad always said, Ask for Babs. Uh, and as of 1989, so apparently from, the, from when this came out to about 1989, Universal Studios actually honored a promotion where they'd either give you a discount or free entry if you said, uh, if you asked for Babs when you came to buy your tickets to Universal Studios. That's pretty cool. So had I known that and been old enough, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've never been to Universal, but that would have been good to know. Mm -hmm. uh, during interviews, uh, th this is the scene that my wife says was probably the most either jarring or scarring for her. Uh, during the interviews conducted for the 30th anniversary of the film, Karen Allen revealed some interesting trivia about her nude scene uh, with Donald Sutherland. Uh, John Landis wanted her to bare her bottom in the film, and she was very reluctant to do so. Donald Sutherland stepped in and offered to bear his as well. And she said, I thought he was so sweet to do that. So I sort of let go of my objections and said, okay, well, I guess if Donald Sutherland is going to bear his bottom, uh, by golly, I'll bear mine too. Wow. That's funny. And that scene is hysterical for mm -hmm. Donald yeah. Sutherland just walks in like nothing's happening. And oh, they're there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, and then during filming, last thing I got here, during filming, John Belushi would often go to local nightclubs to check out the various bands. He was fascinated by a musician named Curtis Salgado. Salgado's sunglasses, harp playing, and love of the blues inspired Belushi to form the Blues Brothers with his fellow SNL cast member, Dan Aykroyd. There it is. So that is also pretty cool. Mm -hmm. uh, I did read several things in here about how the director purposefully kept John Belushi away from the college campus and the rest of the cast, because I guess to keep up the uh, keep up the act of being rowdy college students, the cast would drink and party a lot, and uh, John Landis was well aware of the need to keep John Belushi away from all that. Oh, yeah. So apparently they put him, I think it was him and his wife, uh, they put the two of them, because his wife has a, a very small part in this movie, too. Um, I think he put them up in a hotel, I think it said like 30 miles away, um, just to make sure he was not anywhere near any of the campus life kind of stuff. So that's all the background I've got for Animal House. Um, I Silly question to ask. Is this the first time you've seen this movie? <laughs> Surely you jest, sir. I, I do jest. I just thought I'd ask it because that's usually how we open. But um, So let's ask it this way then. When was the first time you saw this movie? Wow. I was probably in high school. Okay. I think I was a little bit after high school when I saw it. I think I was college when I finally got a chance to see it. I'm pretty certain it was probably senior, maybe junior um, or senior year in high school. And it just, I think that was the, oh, so this is what college is supposed to be like. <laughs> exactly like that. Well, man, Endless toga parties. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, you know, isn't that what it turned out to be? 
Sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> yeah. I do remember one of the very first t-shirts once I got onto campus uh, at the University of Illinois. One of the very first t-shirts I bought was I found a t-shirt that just said college across the front. Oh, and, and that was the first college t-shirt that I bought. And I was very happy with that t-shirt and I wore it many, many times until it could no longer be worn. I remember that shirt. Mm-hmm. And I want to just to be ironic. I, I said the other day, I want to see if I can go find a t-shirt that's the same color of navy blue and the same kind of like block white lettering that says like middle school and maybe just wear that to work sometime. That'd be awesome. That'd be good. It may not have the, quite the same effect, but. People that are in the know would, would understand. Really. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I could Your walk people in. People would get it. I could, I could walk into work and then just down an entire bottle of whiskey. That's right. And then go about my day. Now, it's middle school. I think you'd have to downgrade to like a two liter of Coke or something, right? Like, wouldn't you have to probably step probably. it down a little? Yeah. Well, and I, I was kind of under the impression, knowing John Belushi's past, I was almost under the impression that that was an actual bottle of whiskey that he downed. Um, come to find out, it's iced tea. I guess it wouldn't surprise me, but you got to figure he had to probably deliver lines after that. So, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and apparently he was trying to, this was a point at which he was trying to stay clean. Mm. At least that's what I read. Um, and that he kind of saw Animal House as being a really good opportunity for him. So he didn't want to mess it up, which is why he agreed to a lot of, when John Landis said, I'm going to put you in a hotel 30 miles away, just so you don't get in trouble. Yeah. Um, I, I think he agreed to a lot of that because he saw this as a really good opportunity for his career and he was trying to stay somewhat clean or at least maybe away from the alcohol. Um, didn't quite stay so much away from the other stuff, but um, so I, but if for some reason I, knowing his history and everything else, I, I had always kind of thought, you know what? I, I wouldn't surprise me if that was an actual bottle of, of whiskey that he downed. Right. Yeah. Right. So, um, so uh, for this movie, I, I'm not even sure where to start with this one. Uh, I would ask if there's a favorite scene, but it's like the entire movie is a favorite scene. Right. I kind of have a hard time picking out what even a favorite scene might be. I mean, I love the, I love the cafeteria scene. <laughs> I lo love that part. And that just, I've. And that part I've actually shown, you know, I won't show a whole lot of the rest of the movie to the kids, but I've shown uh, John that part. I was like, because I was, we were joking about something one day and, uh, and I said, oh, I have something funny I want to show you because I figured he would appreciate the whole idea of this guy just like taking all the food and eating as he goes and right, right. doing all that stuff. So he's, he's seen that part. We're going to wait for the rest of the movie later on, but <laughs> and I, I do feel like, I do feel like I kind of chuckled a little bit when I finally got to college. And I was like, okay, um, I get to college and this is actually how we get to eat. There's a cafeteria and I just scan my card. And now that I'm here, I can get whatever I want. As long as I don't leave the cafeteria, I could keep eating. Right. This is magical. And so <laughs> I, and I, I like, I had it pictured as like animal house was right. Yeah. I can just come here and get whatever I want. And well, then you're just waiting for the rest of it to come true. Oh, right. Yeah. That's when disappointment hits. And that, didn't, <laughs> that didn't really so much happen. Well, yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I have a hard time picking out favorite scenes from this movie. I, I like how this movie starts off and you just, 
you, you think that it's going to be a, a very a nice movie about college and you know, I mean, you know, if you went to go see the movie, you know, the movie is called Animal House. You know who's in the movie, so you know there's going to be some crazy stuff going on. But you start with the the rousing kind of college anthem, and you see all yeah. the Faber stuff, and and it's like, oh yeah, college movie, yeah, this will be good. And I just want to say, you you mentioned like the, the college theme and all that. It was great to see Elmer Bernstein do the soundtrack for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like some of the little musical hits and musical cues were very reminiscent of. Well, the two big ones I know him from with Great Escape and, and Magnificent Seven. And so, you know, some of the melodies and some of the, inter, like I said, music interlude, incidental music that was played. I mean, it was, uh, it was very cool because it was, uh, it was his music. And so it, it had all those very characteristic touches. So I kind of jumped in there on the music when you were talking about like the college fight song thing. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the music's fantastic. They just... The way they weave in the score with the popular music, the whole thing is just, it lends it, it uh, yeah, I'm making no sense right now, but you know what I mean. Uh-huh. <laughs> so when thinking of this movie, if, if, I, if I was going to force us to pick a favorite scene, what because is a... you are because I'm going to, um, and, and, and Pat, you're not allowed to reject the question. Okay. Um, I'm ready. But okay, if he's not so, allowed to reject the question, John, you have to limit yourself to only like two or three. You can't go with five. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> <laughs> well done, sir. Well Thank done. You. Um, okay. Um, I might, See, I was going to go with the cafeteria scene because I just I love that cafeteria scene, um, and like you just said, the music is great. I'm a big Sam Cooke fan, um, and, and so you know that the the song is playing. You've got him going through the cafeteria doing all the crazy stuff, and um, I love how he makes the horse noise when he goes past Niedermeyer, um, in the neck brace, and I. Right. It, okay, now I have to decide: is it? Is it that scene or is it the Dexter Lake Club scene? Because mm-hmm. I do like both of those. What school do you go to? Um, oh man, I'm going to pick the cafeteria scene. All right, I do like that one. And, I like the the whole thing from the moment he walks in to the the food fight at the end. I, I think I'm going to go with that one. Is it is it we can only pick one scene or are we limited to three or what is it? No, you only pick one. One. Yeah, yeah, I did that. Um, I think if John can limit himself to one, we can try. John's usually try. the one who has think, no yeah, chance. I know. I think we can give it the old college try. Mm-hmm. I know. Ooh, well I see done, what you did there. It's <laughs> very well done. The cake pulling on screen is pretty good. You know, for the for the, the float. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the eat me float. Yeah. Yeah. And that <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, the guy coming in on the bike, what's his name? Not War Machine. Uh, what's no, uh, D-Day. D-Day. And he comes in and he rides the bike up the stairs. And mm-hmm. I mean, that was good. Oh, man. I, I never, by the way, made the connection. I knew Bruce McGill. I knew who he was, but I never really made the connection to D-Day until this viewing of the movie. Oh, that's really? Hy- that's hysterical. That what? <laughs> 
the actor who plays D-Day, he's just, now that he's older, you know, he was in a show my wife watched and he's just older and not, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just hard to, hard to make the connection older, yeah. put on a few pounds. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like narrow it down and I just keep throwing scenes out there. I mean, that one was really good. Um, the, the, my favorite will always be, and I think I quote it more often than I should over. <laughs> was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Yeah. yeah. Germans? Forget it, he's rolling. Forget it, he's rolling. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's so good. Or, or the other or the other one when they're in the courtroom scene and uh and he's like, uh, point of parliamentary procedure. You're serious yes. this time, would you stop? He's like, Don't worry about it, I'm pre-law. I thought you were pre-med. What's the Same difference? Thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and John Belushi is just able to like get you laughing i mean he can just not even say anything and you can be rolling laughing you know what I'm well that was and that was my wife's point watching it this time around she's like how many lines does he actually have in this movie because he doesn't talk much yeah. Doga. Doga. Yeah. your nickname your pledge name will be pinto why pinto why not <laughs> yeah i mean and the way he delivers that it's oh man um, that scene is fantastic too yeah, what is he? He's watering the lawn when they come up, right? He's watering the lawn. Uh-huh. Hey, hi, watering the lawn. That's one way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's how we refer to it up in uh, northern Wisconsin. Okay. Ah, okay. Um, but, I do. Uh, I I do still like when they're reading off the uh, the when he's got the guy's grades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like. Zero point zero. Yes. Daniel Simpson Day has no grade point average. All classes incomplete. Mr. Mr. Blutarski, 0.0. Yeah. Yeah. Later, later, the Senator and Mrs. Blutarski. Yes. Yep. <laughs> at the end, of, that's, that's probably one of my favorites too, is at the end of the movie, it's Senator and Mrs. Blutarski. Of course. Oh, man. I, I, boy, I'm just flying through every scene here and I got to pick a favorite. Maybe I'll stick with the cake. I'll stick with the cake when that cake pulls out. And that's, okay. That's, you know, that whole thing at the end is pretty darn good. Yeah, that should be it. Okay. Yeah, I, I got to lock it in. I can't change it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm not going back, guys. I'm going to stick with that one. Okay. <laughs> Are there any other, can you think of any other, like, college movies or maybe even high school movies? Um, are there any others that even you could compare to animal house. Cause I know that there have been, you know, more recently, I, I remember going to watch the Van Wilder movie. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That came out years ago. And I think even Tim Matheson was even in that movie. And wh- how classic was he showed up? Cause didn't the Van Wilder kept referring to his dad. And back when my dad was in school and back when, and then it's Tim. Yeah. Matheson was the, yeah. 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 I, can you think of any other movies? Is there anything that is in the same vein as this, like the college movie, the school movie, that even comes close to something like this? I mean, I'm thinking if you go to the high school, uh, you could look at like Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, how about. Uh, is there anything that comes close to Animal House, do you think? How about Road Trip? Road Trip's a good one, yeah. Road Trip was pretty good. Bad or old school? You know, old school being more from the angle of not guys that want to leave college, but guys that are like, dude, I want to get back to college. Yeah. 
So those would be the only two that would come to mind. Okay. Yeah, I just always try to think, is there anything, I mean, this you kind of think of this as being like the quintessential college movie. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that's come out either before or since that you would say, is there anything we we could think of as being like a better college or high school, just like teenagers behaving badly kind of movie? Yeah, I. this one's it. Man. Or, this is the one that I grew up and I'd always hear my folks talk about. And my dad referenced it and, you know, they would just tell stories about it. And so, like, when I finally saw it, it was like, ooh, there's that scene. I've been hearing about that forever. Oh, ooh, there's that scene. Oh, oh my. I didn't remember hearing about that scene. You know, I mean, so I, this one this one was always it, you know? This was it. Yeah, that's a, I can't come up with anything off the top of my head. Yeah, and I just, I recently, and I had not seen it before, I recently watched um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And I had not seen it before, and I, as I was watching it, I was kind of like, you know what, this is, this is a little bit, I mean, this is like a high school Animal House, basically. Um, came out just a few years after Animal House, but like, this is kind of like a high school Animal House. This is probably the closest movie I could think of to being in the same kind of style as like an animal house. All right. Well, I wanted to try to do our best to just not spend our entire time quoting the movie, but that's pretty much what we've done is we spent our entire time quoting the movie. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Well, yeah. And I don't know if there's much else to say with this movie other than this, this is it, man. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm repeating what I just said a minute ago. This is the college movie that everyone's got to compare themselves to. You know, it's, it's like that old saying of you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And this movie is the best. So often we talk about whether the movie would get made today. Mm-hmm. And does this cross any lines or is it good? So good because it doesn't. And it's just that funny. Well, I mean, this it definitely crosses a few lines. I mean, you've got, it, it's not so friendly to minorities. You've got a, a several, quite a few um, me too moments in this movie. I don't know. I, I, I don't know that this one does get made today. Although, I can't imagine that it's really, like, some of the humor, I can't imagine it's really that far off from, let's say, like, The Hangover, or Bridesmaids, or that new one they just did with the puppets. And Right, um, and that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, are we are we coming back around on some of that? Or do those movies get away with it because there's only one or two of them? And because they were made in 1978. Right. Yeah, I don't know, because we kind of, I, Sharon and I talked about this when we were watching it this time, was, you know, it's it really, we kind of noticed this time, it's like, you know, that's really, there's some stuff in this movie that maybe not so cool from, you know, 2018 sensibilities. Yeah. Yeah, I... But at the same at the same time, I hadn't seen this movie in years, and I enjoyed it just as much as I did the other times that I've watched it. So obviously, it didn't stop me from enjoying the movie. Well, it is. I think we've talked about this before. It seems to be easier to forgive a movie its own indiscretions, if you will, if you saw it at an older time. Mm-hmm. If you saw this brand new today, I don't know if you'd give it the pass it gets. Right. Because I've definitely talked to people um, who see a movie like Blazing Saddles for the first time and they're shocked. Mm-hmm. Right. But then 
there's so many, so many of us, and I include myself in this, that, yeah, I understand that it, that it, what it's saying is, it has a lot of problems, mm -hmm. but I can view it for the time in which it was created. But that's because I saw it many moons ago. I, you know what? I, and the thing is, is that it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a very fine line. I mean, I hate to say it, but it was, it was like that. Was it a judge or the senator that was talking about, you know, what's the difference between art and pornographic material? And it was, I don't know, but I'll know it when I see it. And right. that's kind of the thing is like some humor, it just, it works and it's funny and everyone can laugh. And some humor, it's very much just like, whoa, yeah, you can't, no, 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 you can't go there. That's, and, and I wish there was, I wish there was a formula. I mean, I, I like precision. The, the, the torque wrench is my favorite tool in the garage because it's like, <laughs> you know, for a reason, I don't like going by feel. And I wish there was like a precise measurement for it, but there, there really isn't, you know, and I mean, cue the debate of, well, you know, is it okay for, you know, if you're a member of that race or community, are you allowed to poke fun at it and make the comments and use the denigrating, denigrated, denigrating language just because you're a member of that group, ethnicity, what have you, or should everyone be able to, do you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's really, we can get this conversation just going forever, but it's it's just a really a fine point whether it's appropriate or not. Well, and I, I got to figure if Richard Pryor watched it and he thought it was hilarious, then I, I think I'm probably okay with it. Well, and there it is. I mean, he, that that kind of, that that was that cool story where he's, you know, he, he wrote to whoever was the producer, whoever, and just said, yeah, this has to go, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Well, a bit of a, a little bit of a tangent, but maybe not quite so much. Um, last week we were talking about high school. When we talked about the movie Stand and Deliver and, and asked about kind of a favorite high school teacher or, or a teacher in general and, and kind of how that inspired you. I'm going to take a slightly different route this time. Uh -oh. And um, <laughs> do, you, do you kind of know where I'm going? I, I think I do. Yeah. Do you have any crazy college age stories? <laughs> well, let me and let me put the caveat in that you are willing to share on the podcast. <laughs> Yeah, that is the tough part there, isn't it? Ask the inverse. How many days did a crazy college story not happen? <laughs> and then, we, you know, I think that's for that, yeah. Well, I will, I will tell the story about my roommate, one of my roommates that I really did not get along with at all. And it was, I never had a desire to try to pledge to any of the fraternities on campus. Like, that was never a thing for me. It was, and I don't know if it was after watching this movie, I was just like, yeah, no, I, I think I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm very happy to be an independent, but, um, I had a roommate in particular that, uh, and I, I won't even list the name of the fraternity that he was a part of. Um, but I had a roommate and he was a fraternity member and he, uh, we were both freshmen and, and living in the dorms and he was pretty much drunk every night. So it was a little difficult to do homework and things like that in my actual dorm room because he would do much heavy drinking. And, um, I remember one time he came back kind of late and he was obviously a little sauced. And, uh, he decided that he didn't, he had the top bunk on the, on the bunk bed that we had in the dorm room. And he decided he didn't want to crawl all the way up to the top bunk. So he tried to pull me out of the bottom bunk so he could just take my spot. And I was like, no, that's not cool. So I kicked him 
try to get him to go away. So I, I kicked at him a couple times until he did start to go away. And then he kind of stumbled around a little bit. And I guess he had locked the door behind him because he was then trying to get out of the room. And apparently he was trying to get out of the room so he could go to the bathroom. But he was he was unable unable to get the lock to work. <laughs> Therefore, he decided to use the inside of our dorm room door as his urinal. Yeah, that's not yeah. great. That wasn't great. So when he did finally get the lock to work, he left the room. And I very quickly got up and locked the door behind him so he couldn't get back in. And then, and, and the person I am today would not have done this, but the person I was back then did do this. Um, I pulled down all of the sheets off of his bunk and cleaned everything up using his sheets. Nice move. Oh, oh man. And then apparently what he did was because he couldn't get back in the room and I pretended to be asleep. He stumbled into one of our neighbor's rooms and fell asleep on their floor. And then the next morning he came back in and he was like, oh man, I just, uh, last night, I think, I think it was a rough night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. And I said, yeah, you think, you think I said, yeah, no, you, you came in the room and I think you got stuck in the room for a minute. I was half asleep and, and I don't think you could get the door open and, and you peed all over the floor. And then what you did was you pulled all of your sheets off and cleaned it up. And, and, and I don't know why you did that, but he's like, Oh man, I did really. I was like, yeah, you, you totally did. Yeah. Oh, that's, Oh, I probably shouldn't drink that much again. Said, yeah. No kidding. You think? So that was my fun first year of college was dealing with that guy. Thankfully, yeah. he only lasted a semester, and then he, I think he moved into the frat house after that. But that kind of solidified for me that I did not want to be a member of a fraternity. And my only other crazy stories that happened in college after that are pretty much times that I worked for the uh, student newspaper and, like, some of the crazy stuff that I would, like, be reporting on uh, as a as a reporter for the newspaper and Stuff like that. But that was kind of like my crazy dorm story from the beginning of college. Yeah. There is still a night of karaoke that I don't actually remember. Okay. <laughs> Someone had gotten some deal at a bar downtown and we, it was like, all oh, you can drink for 20 bucks for three hours or something. I don't know. Oh, wow. It was crazy. That's and a, that's a recipe for disaster. I don't remember singing karaoke but everyone says i did thank god it was uh -huh. just before camera phones were popular enough that someone recorded it mm -hmm. back when we could still get away with things yeah i left my jacket at the bar loved that jacket too but geez <laughs> was that a night do you remember what you sang well no but i know no. people told me i sang and oh, okay. that's the part of the story i'm just gonna hold on to for a little while oh, okay that's that's the one you're not sharing <laughs> uh was it islands in the stream no, 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 it was not. Okay. Every rose has its own. Oh, see that? I If I pulled that off, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> dude, me. Because something uh, tells me I either butchered it or I killed it because I was I think so hammered. It. I didn't care. I want to believe that you killed it. I'm going gonna, gonna to picture in my head that you had a rousing rendition of the Copacabana. I, oh, see, again, that's another one. I'd be like, yeah, buddy. Okay. I did that. Well, that's in my mind. I'm going to picture that that's what you did. Perfect. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that was. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Pat, what did you do? 
I got nothing that can be said on this podcast. <laughs> there's, there's right quite literally. The statute nothing. of limitations uh-huh. does not run out on some of Patrick's I, I, stuff. I on just, it. I mean, there, I, uh, yeah. Oh, I, I believe me, I'm in the same boat. I but. think we, uh, we need to have we need to have the 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 after hours podcast discussion. I, I think that needs to. Is that, is that for the people that donate to the podcast? We have a special. Uh, that we can we can there special you episode. Go. Mm-hmm. We can t- we can tell the college stories. There you go. Um, you know, I had a I knew a guy that uh, I knew a guy that had to rough his roommate up. A, a real good friend of mine, Sean. He had to rough his roommate up that was just out of hand and all that kind of what you were describing, John. And I guess they were in a suite, so there were like four or five guys in the room, mm-hmm. but it was like a bigger room. And finally, he'd had enough, and the guy came in and was whatever. And I think he Sean is a big dude from uh, Minot, North Dakota family farm and everything and and i think he picked the guy up by his throat and had him <laughs> against the door and was just like now look this is the way we're going to roll until you can find another room you know and he just <laughs> had, he had to he had to set him uh he had to he had to set him right um yeah i you know like it's just it's just it's just chock full of those of those stories my apartment my apartment that we eventually moved into like um when Tammy would come to stay, my parents never had any fear about her coming to stay because they knew that she would never, ever, like, go in that apartment. She would always <laughs> stay with the girls down because it was just, it, it was a rough, it was a rough apartment. I'm just going to say it was rough. We didn't get the security deposit back <laughs> and things. And I'm telling you, by the end, it was, it was rather Animal House-like. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seriously was. I mean, I'd be sitting there on my porch and there'd be guys and it was like the musician's ghetto. I mean, you could hear like trumpets being practiced like all over the neighborhood every morning. <laughs> and all of a sudden I was sitting on the porch and all that of a really sudden, rough neighborhood. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you'd hear, you'd hear a little pop and it was like, what is that? And I'm looking, it's this guy across the street. Um, uh, a buddy of mine from across the street. And I'm like, dude, what is that? And he's like, they're bottle rockets. I'm like, Oh, and all of a sudden, I look down and go back to reading. All of a sudden, the pop was right next to my head. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to hit you. Hold still. And he was like <laughs> launching bottle rockets directly at me from across the street. So I had to like duck down and take cover and get out of the way. And <laughs> and it was, uh, yeah, it was it was just like that. It was just like that. I'm trying to think of what else. What else could be safe stories? Okay, so here, I'll give you the sanitized version. And see, none of these stories, when you sanitize them, are really good stories. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mm-hmm. But so we're sitting there and it was like, we graduated, like I finally graduated and I, I made it out in five years in college and me and making it out as a music ed major in five years was like a record, not a record, but that was fast. That was the <laughs> fast track. I mean, most everyone averaged six. There were a couple, like when Belushi was like seven years of college down the drain, mm-hmm. there were a number of guys that were there seven years. Easy. And, um, so we're sitting there and so we decided to throw a party and it literally was what they tell you in high school. Don't throw a party when your parents are gone and say, well, I'm going to only invite two people because they'll invite two people and they'll invite two people. And it just, mm-hmm. that and is so exactly, on and so on. Exactly. And that's exactly what happened. So by the end of the night, I'm sitting there and it's, um, you know, I'm sitting there in my apartment and it's just like beyond crowded. I mean, it, uh, I'm trying to think of a, of a size. I mean, the entire square footage of our apartment was probably like the size of our teacher's lounge at Middle North. And I want to say we easily had one to 200 people there. 
<laughs> I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, just, oh, it was. And I walked in and I'm just like, man, I don't, I don't know some of these guys. And then I'm like sitting there and there's these guys like in tuxedos and stuff. And I'm sitting next to the guy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Ah, good. This is a good party. I say, yeah. He said, yeah, I don't know who the host is, but now we were in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And the guy was like, yeah, we're from the lacrosse symphony. I'm like you're from the lacrosse <laughs> symphony. And a buddy of mine played in the lacrosse symphony. And he's like, yeah, Eric was telling us, uh, you know, at rehearsal tonight or at the gig tonight, he said, there's this great party going on up the street at Eau Claire. It's a graduation party. So, yeah, we decided to show up. And it was like the entire <laughs> bass section, half the cello section, two of the percussionists, the brass section, like the entire symphony came up and was at this. And it was and they literally like no one knew who anyone was. But it was and then it was one of those that like the next morning I woke up on my couch and there was a couple like my roommates and some of my friends that lived at the apartment downstairs were there. And it was it was literally like you kind of come to and. It was, you know, I think we had to get the recycling bin and use a shovel. Just shovel everything <laughs> into a recycling bin to wow. get it out. Yeah, that now, one was pretty exciting. Now, follow-up question. Are brass symphony players hard partiers? Well, that was my, yeah. Are, are, symphony, are symphony guys hard partiers? Yeah. I, I think oh. what John is really reaching for is which section parties the hardest. Yeah. Oh. You know, which section parties the hardest? You know, there's the different personalities. I mean, the brass players, yeah, you know, drummers, but, you know, any of them, really. It's really like the music, the music parties get pretty hopping. I'm just, and I'm biased, but I mean, it's, it's, it gets pretty crazy. And that's why, really, when you go into like the band room or the orchestra room or whatever, and like teachers are just like, these kids are out of control. It's like, you kind of have to grow up amongst them to understand that, nope, these are just musicians blowing off steam. Mm-hmm. And now we, you know, as teachers, you have to keep control of the kids, but it's, it's, it's just like, yeah, nope, these are just musicians and this is just what happens, you know? So yeah, I guess that would be, I guess that would be the story. I'm going to stop talking or I'm going to get myself in trouble. (laughs) Everybody's got their thing. You know, if you're a language arts teacher, you sit around, you drink scotch and you recite poetry. That's what you do. I remember there was this book, um, Bo, did you ever, you played in band, right? I did as a young boy, yes. What did you play? Clarinet. Okay. So there's this book. It's it's a it's a trumpet book and it is two inches thick. It's called the Arben book. And it is like the Bible. It's got the quote unquote, I'm doing quote fingers, the quote Bible. And it's like literally every kind of exercise you can possibly imagine for the trumpet. And it's several hundred pages of exercises. You never would sit down. I mean, you would like Okay, today I'm going to work out of this section. Today I'm going to work out of this section. And I remember one night these two guys decided to play through the whole thing. And they <laughs> sat there, and it was like the point in the evening, and you know what I'm referencing, the point in the evening when everything is a good idea. And, yeah. like, the instruments came out, and they started at, like, like at closing time. Or maybe they got, no, they came back before, it was like 11. It was before closing time, but they started at, like, 11 at night. And at 7 or 8 o'clock the next morning, they were still going. And by the time everything came wow. to, they had to like not play trumpet for a day because their jaws were like just everything was just sore, you know. Because they've been, <laughs> I'm they've sure. been playing trumpet for like eight hours straight. Jeez. So, yeah, yeah, it's that's crazy stuff. All right. Well, I, I think those are the only stories that we're going to be able to tell on the podcast. It's, it's sanitized. I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah. It's like watching the Terminator, but having it being edited for TV. 
Right. <laughs> Quick, end the podcast so we can tell the real stories. There you go. Um, but if you're ever, so it, any of our listeners, if you're ever around the Chicago area and you want to hang out sometime and you'll know, uh, buy us a beverage or something like that, we're, we'll happily tell you some of the other stories. So just let us know if you're in the Chicago area and we'll, we'll meet up with you sometime. But um, that's probably going to do it for this time around. We'll, we'll cut ourselves off there so that we don't delve too far into the college craziness and get ourselves into trouble. But uh, yeah, is there anything else we want to say about animal house before we go? Great, Great movie. movie. Everybody yeah. should see there it. There you go. Yes. It's outstanding. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for animal house this time around. And uh, next time. So this is, this is finishing off our month of um, kind of high school, college uh, aged kid movies. And so next month, uh, Pat, I do apologize. We are getting into October. Uh, <laughs> I know it's not your favorite. It's rough, man. It's rough. So, um, but next time around, we've got our month of Halloween themed movies. And so here, here's a list of what we're going to try to get to. This is a lot of movies. I know. I think this October has five Wednesdays in it. So, um, so we got an extra episode this time around. We'll see what we can get to with this, but this is a list of kind of what we're hoping to get to for this next month. We're going to start the month off with The Blob, and um, I'll drop in. Uh, I've got copies of the 1958 and the 1988 movie, um, so we'll we'll see if we're able to watch both of those before we talk about that one. Uh, then there's the movie Pumpkinhead from 1988. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein is reaching a milestone year. It came out in 1948, so it's reaching a milestone this year, so we might have a chance to talk about that one. Um, and then if we are able to get together a group of people, we might do kind of like what we did for um, some of the other movies that we've seen and maybe go watch a movie and then just record something for it right after uh, venom comes out this month. So if we're able oh, to do wow. that venom movie, um, I'd like to try to do that, but we'll just kind of have to see, see what happens. So we have those coming up. Uh, one thing I'm also thinking because we've had some suggestions from uh, listeners on other movies that we could do um, that we have not covered yet on the podcast is uh, we've had suggestions for the movies shootout midnight run and a fish called Wanda. So those are not in our rotation for the rest of the year, but I'm kind of thinking if something falls through on one of the other movies, maybe we can do one of those. Or maybe yeah. if we just have like some extra time sometime, we can throw one of those movies in and sure, do, a show, do, a, do a quick show on one of those or something. God, Fish Called Wanda. I haven't even thought about that movie in a while. And so, you know what? Here's, I, I have not seen that movie, but oh, no here's... Way. No, I haven't seen it. Christopher Guest Tree of movies. Well, I know, and my I think one of my original reasons when I saw that title when I were when last year when I was going through and making the list for what movies we would do this year, I think when I saw that title, I think I thought that that was um, uh, Dudley Moore in Arthur. Ah, I think I saw that and I thought, oh, that's that Dudley Moore movie, and I don't like Dudley Moore. So Fish I did. Wanda's great. I know, and then I looked to see who was actually in that movie. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Why have we not done that one? Oh yeah, like, that's a great one. <laughs> it's like half the cast of Monty Python right there. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. So, so I at some point we can see if we can try to fit that one in at some time in the next three months before the end of the year is out. Um, but also very very quick before we go, 
the the end of the year is coming up soon, so that means 1989 is also going to be coming up very soon. And Pat, we are finally going to get to Batman. Oh, four so years of waiting. It's, it's there. You've been waiting for years. It's you're just a few more weeks away. I, so I can make it, man. I as, can make it as long as you can make it. Um, you know, that's the the dictionary definition of delayed gratification. Is for you, I think on our maybe one of our very first episodes, you talked about how excited you were for Batman. We're like, dude, that's like five years away. <laughs> I hope we're still doing the podcast. <laughs> I think I was like, guys, 1989, dude, mm-hmm. get to do Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, Pat, that's like four or five years away. Do you Pat, realize it's, that? It's it's 2015 right now. That's that's like four years away. This so. place is great. We got to sleep here tonight. You know, <laughs> camp out. <laughs> You know, to try it out. Try it out. (laughs) I'm going to go get our stuff. (laughs) I think we'll take it. Um, So, that being said, I have kind of shared a list of potential movies with the other guys that host the podcast with me. Um, And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to also take a form of that list and share it out with the people who are listening to the podcast. And if you would like to vote on the movies you think would be good for us to cover for 89, then you can do that as well and have your voice be heard. Let us know what you would like to see, what you would like to hear from the show for next year. So that'll be going out sometime in the very near future. And then uh, last thing I will say is I am going to be, uh, I don't know exactly when it's coming out. So I will update that uh, as soon as I know, but as of the time of this recording, I think once this episode comes out, it will have already have happened. Uh, when will then be now soon and uh, I will be guest starring on the um, uh, I married a movie geek podcast they're doing a um, they're doing one of their movie uh, like fantasy drafts and so I have been very deep in researching different movies and like pulling up lists of the movies I've seen from the year that they're doing. So, um, so as soon as I have some more information on when exactly that's coming out, uh, I'll share that out on Twitter and, and some other spots, but I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that too. I think we're just, we're going to record that here in a couple of days. So um, looking forward to doing that, but uh, so that's everything that's going on for us. Again, if you want to find out more about the show, go to three zero podcast.com. That's got all the different ways to get in touch with us. Otherwise, Thank you, Bo, and thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And thank you, Otis. Feels so good to be back. Otis loves us. Do you think Otis, I think Otis loves the podcast. I think when we advertise this episode, it's got to be like hashtag Otis loves us. I think that's, that is the way to go. Done. Got it. In the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some good movies. And my advice to you is to start drinking heavily. Everybody have a good night. I gave my love a cherry that had no stone. I gave my love a chicken that had